Hey everyone and welcome dear listener to this episode of Security Headline. My name is Philip and I will be your guide throughout this journey. Before we start, sorry, in this episode I will not walk alone. Joining me today is one of Sweden's sharpest words in the IT security space. He's a regular feature in the mainstream media, the person the person you talk with when you're when you need security help. If you know me personally, you know how much I love entrepreneurs and business owners. Joining me today is the independent cybersecurity specialist, CTO of VPSec.com, chairman of the board of ISOC SE, blogger at the popular Swedish blog Cryptera.se, which is Swedish for Encrypt.se. Joining me today is the amazing hacker speaker and our guest of honor is Jonas Leon. How are you doing today, Jonas? Hello, hello. I'm fine, thanks. It's very fun to have you uh, here on Security Headlines. But before we jump into all your projects and uh, stuff like that, I want to know, how did your journey with hacking and security start and what sparked your interest there? Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's a long story, but uh, I will try to keep it short. You know, I was born in the northern part of Sweden, actually in a town called Luleå. And, you know, when I when I grew up, you know, computer, it was uh, quite new and we were using BBS, you know, built-in board system. So we were calling each other with uh, old school modems and stuff like that. And um, and, you know, around uh, the year 2099 and such um, things, uh, you know, internet started to like uh, grow in Sweden and I wanted, you know, to wor- work with internet and computers. So I started to work in, in Luleå and, you know, when you work in a quite small town, you have to do like everything when it comes to computers. And I, I wanted to like specialize more into uh, cybersecurity. And so I, I moved to Stockholm and this was, yeah, it was about 20 years ago. So I started to work for a, a large uh, consulting company doing like uh, firewalls and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I figured like that, okay, working with firewalls, configuring firewalls, you know, it's it's cybersecurity, but I wanted to like dig deeper and go like beneath. So I started to learn assembly and, you know, low level, low level stuff. And um, uh, they were looking for people at the Swedish NSA, this Ooh. SIGINT agency in, in Sweden. So uh, I started to work there there with uh, cybersecurity for a couple of years and uh, and then I moved over to the military and I was at the military for eight years and then I started my own company and I've been running my own company now for six years and uh, all the time I've, I've been having like different side projects in uh, 2008 I built the biggest microblogging uh, service in Sweden uh, on my Whoa. spare time and we had like uh, 20,000 uh, users like in a few days and <laughs> I had to start like learning how to cache stuff and you know it was uh, quite fun I also built a blog search engine by, back in I think it was 2007 because uh, there was like only one blog search engine here in Sweden and it was uh, Twingly mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to like index blogs and build a search engine so I always think it's fun you know with uh, with small resources to build like uh, cool things and big things you know and it's uh, and you want to like okay we have like a like i think it was like several hundred thousand blogs that i wanted to index and make them searchable and it was a fun project and the name was blogs with an z in the end blogs and yeah it was quite fun i think i run the project for like five years or something so I, i'm doing a lot of things <laughs> did you say twenty thousand in a week yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah, it was. That's uh, insane user adoption. 
Yeah, you know, I wasn't sleeping at all. And, <laughs> and it, you know, it, it was back then, you know, we had Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite new when we have the Swedish, uh, no, the, the Finnish uh, service called Yaiku. And there was an American service called Pounds. So there was like three different microblogging services back then. And, you know, Pounds had a, a few cool features, like you could upload files and stuff like that. Uh, Yaiku, they had threaded, they have threaded conversations. So it, it was oh, quite nice. easy to follow like a conversation. And, you know, Twitter back then, it was like, uh, it was more like you write a tweet and there was like no conversations, no file upload, no images, no nothing. So I wanted to build like a service that had everything, you know, combined. <laughs> But then, you know, Obama used Twitter a lot. And so Twitter, like, won the race, at least here in Sweden, and got quite big, you know. <laughs> but at one point, I should say, uh, my blog, blogging service called Bloggy was actually bigger, biggest in, in Sweden at, uh, like, a few months. So <laughs> it was quite cool. Nice. What happened with it? Did you sell it or shut it down? Or what happened with it? Yeah, it's also a long story, but, you know, <laughs> I tried to find some investors and I got like a few different paths, so to say, and I chose like one path and it was a large media company. And, you know, and in like in 2009 and such, they started to like see the, you know, the newspaper death. So they had to like start cutting and their investment services also cut was cutting. So I, I lost my investor on the way. Oh. <laughs> so it never. Yeah, you know, it's a, but it's a fun story, though. And I learned a lot of things, you know, at least when it comes to, to the web. And you know, these days, most of the like uh, things on the internet is based on, on like web or, or some web standards. Yeah, it's pretty interesting uh, being a web developer, and yeah, then it's... you're testing everything online, and then uh, and then everything seems to be working. It goes through QA, and then you get a lot of users, and then everything stops starts breaking, and then you start thinking about scaling, and you have yeah. all of these <laughs> kind of interesting bugs. <laughs> That's a very interesting. Yeah, it was fun, yeah. you know. Yeah. There, yeah, you know, there, uh, like uh, memcache, you know, for caching uh, showed yeah. up, and there was a lot of cool uh, stuff that happens back then. And and you know, I was coding everything live in Wii, so uh, when something broke, it nice. broke for everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were testing fun. in production then. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I do it. I do it now, even now. So it's. Um, I haven't learned anything in that, in that <laughs> way. So I always tell my customer, you know, to do not to do it like that, but myself, I'm doing it. So it's uh, it's a bad way, but I should learn someday. Yeah, you shouldn't always have too much power there. So w- one of your fun projects as well is vpsec.com. What is that? Yeah, you know. Back in, I think it was in in 2010. I um, I was at a business camp. Business camp. It's uh, like a hackathon, okay. 24 hour business camp, and there were some some great projects uh, back then. Um, so, uh, for example, Kundu, uh, customer care uh, system, Kundu. They were mm-hmm. founded in at uh, 24 hour business camp, and you know I had an idea back then to do like a vulnerability scanner, but I, you know I built one, but it was. 
it was not finished uh, and you know you, you had 24 hours to build it so it it was wasn't so great and i've been thinking you know for a couple of years about doing some something in, in the area and there was uh, an option to uh, acquire pisec or uh, the name was uh, vp scans back then so uh, i just i acquired the project and and been developing it um uh, in my spare time, so to say, I'm doing consulting 100% and, and developing it like 5% or something. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of ideas what to implement and uh, like do fun things, you know, because it's it's only targeted at uh, WordPress blogs. And, you know, uh, WordPress blogs, they always or like in 99% follow like the same pattern. So yep. you can do like an, an easy the enumeration of plugins, users, and sh- such things. So it's, um, you can do a lot of fun things. I mean, uh, one thing I always want to do is like check the risk profile, you know, based on, on what types of plugins you're using, how the code is written, how often it's updated and such things. So it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's a cool project to, to do in the spare time. Yeah, I mean, the WordPress user base is incredible. I read somewhere that like 5% or, or was it between 5 or 10% of all websites on the internet run WordPress. But when you started it, was it was the other site doing the same thing or were you kind of pioneering that field? Yeah, there has been like a couple of, I think the, the, the user base on WordPress, I think it's um, at least a few years ago, it was 30% of the web. So it's quite a lot. There have been, oh, wow. you know, different types of of, of uh, scanners and there, uh, but you know, I when I acquired list, we it was the only one, and um, I think there are soon like a hundred thousand uh, users on, on VPSEC, so it's uh, oh, wow. quite a large user base. You know. That's that's cool, that's really cool. Yeah, is, is there any fun features that you're looking to implement with VPSEC that you're currently working on? Um, yeah, you know, the service is uh, missing, you know, a lot of basic functional functionalities such as, you know, li- nice looking reports. So uh, that's in the pipeline, like everything in the back end is done. So I'm uh, like pushing it into the front end right now. So, and I mentioned like checking the risk profile is also one thing um, I would like to do. And of course you can do like... Uh, a lot of things, you know, building a like a more more feature rich, you know, API and stuff like that. Currently, there's just like webhooks implemented, so you can get like a webhook notification if there's like anything, um, if we find anything on your uh, blog, just, uh, like uh, vulnerability in the plugins, for example. So, so Priop, you you told you told us that uh, you quit the military. And you started your own company. Why did you start your own company? Was it to get more freedom and do your own thing? Or uh, what was the journey there? Um, yeah, you know, I had I worked for the for the military and Swedish signal intelligence for, for like, I think more, more than 10 years. So I figured out I need to do something, something else, you know. I was feeling like, uh, I was on an inventory or like, uh, like uh, you know, I, I, I'm more like an inter- entrepreneur guy, like doing uh, many things at the same time. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, you know, it's doing consulting is also fun. You know, I, I like doing like, uh, what, what to say, hard project, tricky projects, you know. So mo- most of my projects right now is that, uh, you know, you have, you have a company that is buying some software and they want like to have a third party review of the software, like uh, how bad is it? <laughs> so nice. I'm doing a lot of that. And of course, uh, web service audits, you know, uh, 
checking for vulnerabilities and uh, I've been doing some bug bounties now for uh, the last thing I was doing was the Zoom, uh, you know, uh, doing oh, Zoom nice. vulnerabilities. So I, f- I found like, I think it was five vulnerabilities in, in one of the services from, uh, from Zoom. Uh, oh, nice. Did so, anyone make it to become a CV or did you publish them or? You know, it was... Yeah, you know, so the Zoom vulnerability um, bug bounty project is a, is a closed project, so oh. I only reported it to them. But I, you know, I got I think for three or five, I got I got money. Nice, like uh, ten thousand Swedish kronor for um, for the vulnerabilities that I found. It was quite good. I mean, I spent like one or two hours, so it's uh, good good time payment. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I mean, the, the entire bug bounty scene is blooming right now. There's just so much things happening right now, and yeah, it's just amazing to see what the hacker one and uh, and bug bounty. What's it called bug, bug? The other one that's not hacker one. It's called bug bugbounty.com or uh, yeah, yeah, bug crowd. I think yeah, bug crowd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's, yeah. it's a really blooming industry right now. It's amazing to see how how that's gone. But okay, let's jump in. You know, in two thousand eight, there was this big financial collapse. But something that also started in 2008 was your blog, right? Cryptera.se. So could you tell yeah. us a bit about your blog and uh, why did you start it? And did you, was your in, were, were you influenced by another blog when you started it? And uh, what was the journey there? Um, yeah, you know, as, as I said before, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I like doing like many things. So, um, nice. so I actually acquired a domain, Cryptera.se. I, th- I figured first out, okay, it's a nice domain, but uh, I didn't know what to do with it. And, um, I, you know, I always like encryption, uh, even if I'm a, like more um, security guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to like to blog um, like in, in the, what to say, in, in the area between cybersecurity and encryption. Okay. And, so, and so, so that's why I started it. And, and you know, I, I figured out that, you know, when you're writing about encryption, there's people don't really like re- reading about encryption. You know, the target, the, the target group or what to say, it's, it's quite small, you know. But if you mm-hmm. like go to, into cybersecurity, uh, the, the well. group uh, or the target area uh, target group is is uh, much bigger and i like i also like writing in swedish and um, i had a few other blogs you know i have a development called development blog called utvbloggen.se i also had for a few years and uh, i wanted Mm -hmm. to like blog more into cybersecurity and um, i like like challenging myself because i'm a bad right i'm a bad writer and so i'm trying to like write all the time to be even better and um, you know when you're like throwing yourself out there it's um, you need to like uh, shape up and try to be even better at writing yeah writing is a very very hard thing to do i mean uh, i think uh, i've been doing i'm doing uh, i'm editing a book right now for uh, that my good friend has written and uh, but you know you write something and then i run it through uh, the grammar software and then you know it just error 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 and it's just, it's like fussing, you know, you write a piece of programming code and then you think it's perfect and then you throw it into a fusser and then you realize it's all an illusion. <laughs> I think, I think writing yeah. is a bit like that as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, also, I'm, I have, you know, some people, they, they tend to like write a lot of like fluffy stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not that guy, so I'm trying to like write 
short and consist, you know, and only write, you know, that what's important. But sometimes you, you tend to like miss things. And that that's the thing I love about blogs because you can update the blog all the time. You know, it's uh, usually when I write something, I publish it, then I read it again. Okay, this was wrong. Or I'm trying to add like references and stuff like that or links to the blog and I'll add it afterwards. I usually also write that okay, it's updated with the, with some more news, and especially when big things happens in the cybersecurity scene, there's like um, you don't have that much information when you write, and then you know you get to know more and more, and then I update the, the blog all the time. So it's um, I think the format is is nice. I've also been doing some some YouTube videos, uh, and I also like oh, YouTube nice. and the video video format uh, because it's uh, it's easy to like explain uh, things on on video uh, and but you know it, it it's not um, you know it's some things so it's better you know showing code for example it's not really that easy to do on video but more like no. if you like ha hack physical stuff it's easy and show like physical security and physical things uh, I have a lot of physical things in my uh, hacker lab, so to say. So um, nice. trying to like show different things, you know, key loggers, uh, fussers, and stuff like that. So that's yeah. nice. It's uh, amazing to see that uh, since this Corona and COVID virus has been happening, a lot of people are like doing like live bug bounties and live hacking on Twitch, and also live programming, which I like to watch. Which is very nice to see that uh, Twitch is no longer just for gamers; it's for uh, it's for hackers and developers as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's cool, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, content. You know, when everyone is, is is at home, you have like more time to like do content, interesting content, and get like things out there. And you know, and I, I really like because you know, a few years back when you're like doing some project, there was like no one on the internet that has done anything. But nowadays, yeah. there's like there are very few areas where where there's like haven't been anything. You know, when I started with fussing, like uh, many years ago, there was like nothing. There was like one code base you could use. Um, I, I think it was like Dave Itell that wrote uh, Spike. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, the founder yeah. of um, Immunity Security. And so Spike was my like go-to uh, fussing tool. Um, I don't know how much he was inspired by the NSA when he <laughs> wrote uh, uh, Spike and, and left uh, the NSA and started the, um, his own company a few years later. So it's, yeah, it was a good, good tool. I, I mean, it, it's probably you can use it today, but uh, also to do fussing. Do you do fussing on your uh, in your uh, in your work life when you're doing like uh, pen testers and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I recently like this year was checking into all the tools and there's like a lot of things, a lot of new tools that you can use. I mean, some projects they like live for one year and then they die, but. You know, there's, um, yeah, there are a lot of cool things and uh, a lot of bugs that can be found. At least I found a lot of bugs with, with it, fussing tools there. Have you seen, I think Google has this, like, I think it's OSS Clusterfuss, where they have this, like, army of um, of computers and they're just running fussing on, uh, on open source uh, code or repositories. That's a pretty cool project. Yeah, yeah, especially when you have so much uh, CPU power, you can you can use it to do uh, such things. And you know that's also one thing that you like trying to like do all the code paths and find like all inputs and such things yeah. like that. So yeah, I I like the Wizards Fuss uh, project from from Google. So yeah, another project which I think is very interesting is the ISOC SE. 
So for yeah. all of our listeners that are, are non-Swedish, which is the majority of them, if you buy a .se domain or a .nu domain, you go through an organization called Internet Stiftelsen, which is a Swedish non-profit. I'm not sure what their involvement is with the Swedish state. I'm pretty sure Jonas has, has uh, the answer to that. Are they involved with the Swedish state or it's separated from the Swedish state, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I was actually in the board at um, Internet Stiftelsen um, for five years, and um, so nice. so in in, in Sweden, uh, you know, different companies had d- different setups. But at least in Sweden, we wanted to separate the the government, uh, the state from from the .se domain, uh, top level domain, and. Um, but uh, you know the, the government have like there are at least two two different laws uh, so to say um, that um, monitors the .se domain um, and you have uh, Post och Telestyrelsen, uh, the government agency PTS they're doing um, mm-hmm. they have a few few uh, laws related to .se and uh, also have because it's a stiftelse a non-profit you have like the laws that the non-profit needs to, to follow um, and um, you know, uh, I'm I'm the chairman of the board at Isaac SC, and you know what what we do is that we 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 choose we we choose two people for the board in Internet Stiftelsen, the chairman of the board and another board member also. So we have like two people that we we choose for for the board. Um, so uh, Isaac SC started Internet Stiftelsen was the founder of Internet Stiftelsen quite many years ago. <laughs> and actually, we have also one one sister sister um, NGO organization called Snooze, and they're thirty years now. So, and they are owning a company called NetNode, and NetNode is responsible for the I access the internet exchanges here in Sweden. So, it's internet in Sweden in a short <laughs> for a few minutes, so to say. Yeah. That's nice. So ISOC SE is that kind of you can see it that's then the mother company behind Internet Stiftelsen, or uh... you could say that we we're one one of the uh, parts that doing like uh, stability for for internet in in Sweden. So there oh, are, uh, cool. are, are, there are other parts also, but we're uh, one one of them. So it's like split between different organizations. So. Nice. Uh, how did you get involved in that, and why did you want to get involved in that? Yeah, it's it's also a long story. You know, I, I've been a member of Isokesi for about twenty years. Uh, I've been in the board before uh, as a secretary, and I got got the question last year if I wanted to become the chairman of the board, and I said yes. And so we're having uh, regular meetings and trying to do meetups. We was going to do a fiscal meetup here here, uh, in uh, November, but uh, because of the situation, we're doing uh, uh, some uh, smaller um, digital meetups uh, instead. So that's also one thing that we're doing in ISOC SC. And NetNode is also doing a lot of meetups, like they have uh, some conferences going on and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also have, I think it's one or two uh, conference each year. Very interesting conferences. They have like a um, lot of interesting talks, like a broad range that like cybersecurity, routing and open source software, for example. I think some of them has been canceled or uh, if they've been digital, I don't really know. Um, yeah, NetNode is also doing uh, many great things for, for internet in, in Sweden and other companies. Uh, countries, I mean. Oh, that's cool. 
I was at one of the the Netnode meetups, and I, and I saw you speak. Actually, I was only there oh. <laughs> uh, to see one or two talks because I had a late meeting then. And it, it was pretty funny. You you walked up to the stage, and I thought, oh, okay, that's average dude. And you started beatboxing, and I was like, oh my god, this is a cool dude. <laughs> it was so nice to see like you break the ice with <laughs> <the> beatboxing. <laughs> That was very nice. <laughs> yeah, I think I ask, I asked the audience if they wanted to hear me beatboxing and do my talk. <laughs> and they wanted to hear my, me beatboxing. So, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I, I should say I'm not better at beatboxing right now. So I, I, I doing like a, a few times every year, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not my main thing. So, but I know a few, few things so, about beat, beatboxing. Oh, nice. Have you been doing it a lot when you were younger or how, how, why beatboxing? No, 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 I don't know really, you know, I, I doing it like it uh, two or three times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, I've been doing a lot of things. So <laughs> that's very nice. So, so in ISOC SE, like what do you do exactly on a, on a regular basis? So to say, is it only board meetings or do you do other stuff um, yeah you know we, we're all working in non-profit in the organization so i try to like you know have the, uh, doing like so the organization is is going uh, forward so i try to like um, like doing um, delegating uh, you know economics for example or communication with isoc central we have a lot of um, communication with isoc europe for example try to do like um, trying to uh, uh, digital things for example and we have our yearly meetings for example annually meetings so it's um it's it's, it's a few things but you know it's not taking uh, all my time but uh, it's um, you know and we have like uh, about 100 members so it's really not that much to do but um, i would say uh, maybe five to ten hours every month or something like that i'm spending on the icsc organization and it's a, it's a fun job, you know, it's uh, to do board, chairman board uh, um, work. And it's, uh, it's where uh, you, you also, you, you, know, you know, you learn all the time also because it's, uh, it's uh, since it's a small organization, it's, it's quite fun, you know, to learn everything about uh, board meetings, for example. And uh, also, you know, about the laws uh, and what to like, how to communicate and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really fun. So ISOC EU that is that you're part of is that is that part of the Internet Society or is it two different groups or Yeah ISOC Europe is uh, it's like more the or local like um, the the part that we are communicating communicating mostly with within ISOC is ISOC Europe so we're having like um, regular meetings with ISOC Europe and other chapters uh, here in, in Europe I think at least every uh, country has their own chapter um, there are also some other chapters uh, Internet of Food for example I think is uh, one chapter and uh, I mean Norway Finland has chapters I don't know how how active they are but there are chapters in uh, almost every country I think yeah that's very nice so I want to jump into some pen testing as you've been doing a lot of pen testing I assume is there any like low hanging fruit that you commonly see and uh during pen tests and is, do you have any recommendation for all the listeners there that uh, okay here are some low-hanging fruit that no one does that people really should do do you have some best practices on how people should secure themselves better um, yeah yeah you know um i tend to do a lot of work within the discovery process 
uh, within pen testing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, try to figure out like every every part of an application, and you know, and try to like read the documentation. Is there like uh, is there like an old API? You know, is there like a new API? Uh, you know, try to figure out things that uh, that that shouldn't be there or like put a lot of effort into the discovery process, you know? And the more you put into the discovery process, it's easier then to find vulnerability or for example, outdated software, you know, default password and uh, like easy stuff like that. If you're doing a lot of um, effort into the discovery process, I would say. And, you know, the discovery process is also, uh, I mean, it's quite fun because you can like do automate many of the things, you know, in the discovery process, you know, DNS recovery, craw crawling, for example, uh, brute forcing folders and stuff like that. So it's mostly automating, you know, the, um, yeah, I would say um, that's my, my like go-to one <laughs> priority to do a lot of things into discovery process. Yeah. Is there any like uh, common low-hanging fruit that you see, common patterns that you see in a lot of companies are lacking like there any like security exploits that you know okay when i get into this company this is most likely gonna work is there like common patterns on vulnerabilities that you see are frequently occurring within uh, companies um, yeah you know the the things i've been seeing mostly recently is that uh, you know when you're checking like a user if there's like a, a non-existent user or if there's a user with a bad password there's like a different timings um, mm. and that i would say i'm on like 90 percent of all my work you know there's uh, different timings be between um known user and an unknown user so uh, you know you can use the the information to to like discover which users that exist and which does not. Also, of course, there's a lot of times when, you know, you look at the back end, you look at the response, you know, the response should be different if the user is there and if it's not. And if you like really look into what, what you get, if the response you're getting from the server, there's usually like a small difference that you can that you can view, especially if there's like a different front end. And, you know, the front end says one thing, but the back end says another thing. Yeah, I would say um, that that's also I'm seeing a lot of like 90% of all the times there's uh, like enumeration uh, problems. Do you have any, some, any best practices for our listeners on uh, this is recommended to do if you're a small company or a big company? That will help you in the long way. Yeah, what, what I'm seeing is like when, when people tend to like use updated uh, tools, updated you know frameworks. You know, most of the problems are secure by default on on new uh, frameworks. I mean, take uh, XXE for example, isn't really a problem in in new frameworks because most new frameworks disable external entities by default. And, you know, a lot of injection problems are automatically handled in new frameworks. So try to keep your like software or frameworks updated uh, with when you releases that I would say is uh, it's one thing that uh, could help you. Yeah. And, and also, of course, uh, you know, since I worked uh, many years at the military and, and you know, one thing that we like is, uh, is um, logging. <laughs> and so uh, also don't think about uh, when, when uh, if there will be a breach more think about when the breach is happening what can we look at and how, how can we prevent it and how can we look at the logs that we can figure out and try to like look okay well how did they get in what information did they steal and questions like that yeah totally don't be clueless when uh, when uh, the shit hits the fan so to say 
So let's jump exactly, into yeah. development uh, a bit. You, you told us earlier that uh, you were a bit into assembly. What are your kind of to-go programming language right now? And uh, how's your, uh, how did your development journey go? Oh, yeah. You know, I've been writing like every program language that are out there. Really not much that, not much Go. I would say Rust and Go is on my to-do list. But, you know, Python, I would say, is my go-to language right now. And, you know, it's, uh, and, and we're like in the middle or we should have left, you know, Python 2, but it's a problem right now. I mean, some of the older tools are written in Python 2 and, you know, the dependencies are broken. And of course we have like containers and the, I mean, containers are quite cool because you can like have all the dependencies in, in a container having all the tools. So they continue to work even if um, most of the Python 2 stuff is being uh, deprecated. Uh, so uh, that, that's, I would say uh, it's a problem right now when you're like in the Python 2 or 3 uh, land. Yeah. Yeah, we had Paul Bissick uh, who runs dpace.com. It's uh, are you aware of Django, the Python framework? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he he's in 2005 and we had him on uh, a couple of months ago. And uh, he has a lot of stories about porting Python 2, like 100,000 lines of uh, Python 2 to Python 3. And I've also been doing, uh, doing some porting to Py from Python 2 to Python 3. And it's a, it's a bit painful because you have different, in Python 3 you have bytes and you have different data types and stuff like that. And something I find really annoying about Python is that uh, sometimes I will sit for a couple of days and I will just do Rust and I will do C++ and everything is a typed, where the typed language and then I do Python and then nothing is typed and then a lot of things break in production and I'm like, ah. But if, if you're gonna write like a script uh, that uh, gets something uh, done quickly, what are your to-go language? Is it Python or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's Python, yeah. I mean, it depends. Uh, firstly, I'm trying to look into, okay, what I'm trying to solve, is it like, and trying to fetch some data like is there like libraries that are already written or is there a code already written and then i try to start with uh, because you know sometimes there's only a library in in python or there's only a library in c or something like that and i try to like start start out with the problem i'm trying to solve and and, and go from there and write this Little, little code as possible you know it's um, I, I'm doing like I'm doing programming every day but you know I'm writing like or 10 or 20 lines or something like, like that so it's it's really not that much so I'm trying to do like most of the things I'm doing most like automation and like I have this like five different tools and I have this data how can I like scrub the data and use it with these different tools and try to figure out something oh that's nice iPhone is very easy and uh, nice to use and there is like this big uh, community so you can ask if you're a question let's jump into the next segment of the show called quick questions where i ask some quick questions yeah. to get to know you better what is your favorite drink oh uh, you know i'm uh, right now i would say it's not drink it's uh, rum uh, you know aged rum dark rum nice. about 25 years or something like that it's my go-to uh, beverage right now alcoholic drink yeah Nice. When do you feel the most happy in your week? When do you feel like that you're peaking on happiness? Um, yeah, I, I think when I'm finding new bugs. Uh, yeah, I would say new vulnerabilities. Get the dopamine rush and yeah, I'm the king of the world. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite outside activity? Uh, I would say uh, cross-country skiing. Oh, 
Nice. How does your workflow look like? Do you have a special technique on how you allocate your hours and have you built up a special workflow that really fits you? How does your workflow look like? Uh, yeah, no, both yes and no, I would say, uh, because, you know, all my projects are like different in some way, um, but but they're not different in some way, you know, it's... Um, so I'm trying, you know, uh, writing, I've written a few blog posts, for example, about custom, customizing uh, Kali Linux, like how to, like when you have like your own tools that you have developed, you have your own licenses, for example, if you're using Burp Suite and a license, you, you know, you can't like start, start over all, all the time. And so, um, yeah, so I, I have a few like processes that I'm following, but um, in, in some cases, but, you know, it's uh, in some cases I'm, I'm not doing it. So it's... Um, how about like uh, time management when you're like uh, waking up in the morning? Do you sit and you do eight hours or do you like take breaks and oh, I work a bit in the morning, then the rest at night? And have you have do you have a special workflow like that? No, not really. I mean, um, I have small kids, so I'm trying to like work uh, less, like only work 75%. So I'm trying to leave and uh, pick up uh, the kids at school. So uh, that's one thing I'm trying to. Uh, right now, I'm trying to like wake up at five and do my uh, workout at five every morning. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, you know, I'm trying different things and, and, you know, some things work and some things doesn't work. So, you know, when you're having a lot of projects, you need to work on the weekends and trying to do that as less as possible. You know, it's rarely I work at weekends or at the night. So it's, um, but I, I'm doing it sometimes, but uh, you know, there's uh, there's more, more in life than work, so to say. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, uh, what's your favorite internet scanner and or port scanner? Oh, you know, it's um, my philosophy is like to try to like have different tools to do the same thing, you know, not to like get caught into like one 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 way of thinking or one way one tool. So I'm, I'm trying to do like different things, you know, Nmap is is of course my, my go-to scanner, but I'm trying to do like uh, using MassScan for example. And I'm trying to like try to do like use different tools all the time and see like the different outputs. Could I like uh, because it's it's quite often you know one tool says one thing and another tool says another thing and and then you need to manually like verify which one is right and um, so yeah my philosophy philosophy is always check what the tool tools are are saying and uh, use different tools and like uh, check the different outputs yeah. That's awesome. I use kind of a, a pore scanner that is written by this Swedish professor that like no one knows about, but it's called PN scan. And uh, if, I think it's pretty rare, but it works great. It's like a multi-threaded pore scanner that's very, very fast. So that's a, that, that's a cool one. So how do you do package management? How do you make sure your system stays up to date and happy? You know, I, I try to start from the beginning all the time. <laughs> I'm doing like a clean install. So then that's also, it's important to like get the tools into the clean install. So that's how, how I work. So I'm doing a, like a clean uh, Kali Linux install and then I'm installing my tools. Uh, some tools can't be automated installed. Uh, for example, um, installing the Burp Suite license is uh, quite tricky to get it uh, installed uh, automatically. Uh, and you need, the problem is also like uh, to activate the licenses and stuff like that. So. 
um, yeah, that's how I am doing my package. So I'm uh, doing an ISO image and I add like the tools I need to the ISO image. And then I uh, run the ISO image from, an, um, I install the ISO image to an USB memory and then an encrypted uh, USB memory. Then I run everything from there. Uh, no, nice. I run everything from the USB memory. Um, Encrypt and then I usually like for uh, each assignment I use uh, a new USB memory and um, usually I, I leave the USB memory at my customer site or I uh, destroy the USB memory so for each customer. But how about uh, longer running systems like Cryptera.se is you know it has a lot of uptime and uh, doesn't like downtime. Is it yeah, uh, cool I use, on them or? I'm usually using uh, Ansible for um, oh, nice. for uh, system updating and checking that things are running smoothly. So, oh, that's nice. So, uh, what's your favorite song or uh, my favorite song or your favorite song or band? Oh, uh, yeah, that's one is tricky, you know. Um, you know, uh, when when uh, I when I started to listen to music yeah, that much, uh, I would say it's uh, Arcade Fire. That's nice. Okay, next question. What's your favorite karaoke song? What uh, what song would you most likely want to sing? Uh, what what song would you most want to sing at karaoke? Um, yeah, I would say it's uh, some uh, like love songs, uh, old love songs I like, or like <laughs> nice. you know YMCA or It's Raining Man or something like that. Nice. What was the latest interesting proof of concept exploit or vulnerability that you read and thought, wow, this is a smart and innovative way to exploit this? Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, you know, um, last proof of concept. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, I, I've been reading about a lot of about of uh, talk toy attacks, you know, uh, time of mm -hmm. check, time of use attacks. Actually, uh, uh, found one and implemented one a few weeks back, and it was oh, uh, nice. real fun to you know. Yeah, you know, I was talking to the developer, and he was like, uh, you know, he was like, "Oh, my my code is foolproof," and I was like, "Oh, but you know, there's a talk toy attack <laughs> in here," and he was like, "Oh, darn." <laughs> yeah, it was fun. That's nice. Is that public? Uh, no. No, sorry. You know, m most of my uh, findings aren't public, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So, is there anything we missed that you would like to cover? Maybe some cool project that you're currently working on? Um, yeah, you know, it's. Um, I think uh, you know one thing that I, I think people should like uh, do more is like try to uh, really look into thing and see you know what uh, what tools you can use and how to use them and see okay also try to learn about past vulnerabilities you know also about the bug bounty write-ups you know uh, what what one thing i what i love about bug bounties is that you know you need to like implement the vulnerabilities you need to like exploit them you can't just say okay you're running an old version of apache but you know you know you really need to like um, exploit uh, the vulnerabilities and, uh, and th that's one thing i love about, about bug bounties that you need to like do everything and you can't just say oh it's uh it's a vulnerability here but you need to prove like okay why it's a vulnerability and that's uh, that's one thing i i really like and i think uh, more people should look uh, look into 
do you have any recommendation on maybe websites that people can uh, can check that out? Yeah, you know, it's um, you can you can on bug bug crowd and hack one. You can um, you can look at like what um, vulnerabilities that gets public uh, published. Um, so some some of them get published, and also uh, I also recommend writing uh, pen testing reports. There's there are a few GitHub repos that have like uh, public uh, pen test reports for um, what they call the uh, Cure 53, I think. They have a few public yeah, reports and also, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. There also have a few other uh, pen testing company that have public reports. So uh, also look look at them and see, okay, what, what did they found? And, and also try to figure out, okay, how can I find these, these things if I'm looking at another code base, for example? Yeah, yeah, the, to get in, inspired and also learn like that. That's awesome. But what technology are you most excited about that's going to be released? Or what technology do you want to see more of or are being invented? Yeah, you know, I've been talking some 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 about AI, you know, uh, and that I our all the tools we're using right now, they're quite dumb. I mean, for example, if you're having a port scanner, I mean the port scanner could quite easy like to figure out okay this operating system is windows like do uh, the scanning in a different order for example uh, do the most common windows port first uh, i mean it's uh, every every small things that can could help you know in the cybersecurity area is is really nice and uh, i hope we we could see more more tools into uh, more ai more more intelligence into our uh, tools uh, in the future that's one thing i i wish for <laughs> yeah it's also a bit scary when the tools get too smart like i know some people that when they do pen tests they they log into nessus and then they press one button and then it's done so uh, <laughs> yeah you know actually uh it's it happens, but it's quite uncommon that I find something in Nessus that I don't find uh, in another way. <laughs> I mean, Nessus ha ha is having has a large database with vulnerabilities and checks, and that that's I think uh, it's like one thing that it's doing. But you know, it's uh, it's rarely that I find something in Nessus that you know I can't figure out another way to to find it. But uh... So how can people keep up to date with what you're doing and how can people stalk you on the internet, so to say? Um, you know, I would say follow me on, on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter or cryptera.se. That's my, my you know, main, main channels. Follow me. I, I'm trying to do more video and publish them on, on YouTube. So it's nice. uh, uh, right now there's like a few few videos every year, but I try to like do a video uh, each month. I've been looking into like more Bluetooth at attacks, for example, uh, how to like do be Bluetooth low energy uh, stuff. And that's one thing I'm nice. going to uh, do more, publish uh, publish more video about because you can do like more f fun physical things. You know, uh, <laughs> in, in my home here, uh, I was renovating my bathroom and uh, I was laying on a sofa at home uh, and checking my Bluetooth scanner. And there was a new, th a new Bluetooth device at, uh, at my home wow. and, and you know and it says in the it said in the it was written in the bluetooth scanner it said like um, uh, pax kalima and i was like okay what's pax kalima so i google it and it showed a bathroom uh, flecked uh, what's that um, a fan. yeah a bathroom, <laughs> bathroom fan. fans yeah. <laughs> yeah and it had bluetooth enabled <laughs> by default whoa <laughs> everything is becoming yeah. iot these days <laughs> 
yeah yeah it was quite fun you know it's uh, and you should ask yourself okay why is my bathroom fan is having a bluetooth because you need to it need to like uh, you can't have like different fan speeds uh, depending on like um, how much you shower and stuff like that so you can like configure the bathroom fan that's a new one for me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So, all right, you know, thank you so much for uh, taking the time with me today. I had the pleasure and I learned some things and I'm sure our listeners learned some other things. And I would love to, if you would come out, come on uh, Security Headlines another time in the future when you have some fun, interesting project going. So uh, thank you so much. for. Yeah, I would love time. to. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>